Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. I'm really excited for this year, 2023. And um, yeah, I just, I just feel what God is doing is He's getting the heart of His church and us back to Him, like back to the basics. So He's stripping away everything that's not of Him and we're just living in Him and in deep relationship with Him, which is good. But if we've got our Bibles here this morning, let's lift them high in the sky. It's good. It's, um, we're going to break open the bread this morning. And uh, if we turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 11, and uh, we're just going to put our finger there, and we'll come back in just a moment. Um, but this morning, I want to share about something critical that I believe is um, a critical aspect that's actually, I believe, missing here in our church and uh, missing here in many churches around the world and uh, missing in, you know, in our lives and, and my life included. And, um, and laying a hold of this will absolutely revolutionize our life and it will bring the presence and the glory of God like we've never seen before. And like, I, like there's places around the world at the moment and um, where God is really moving powerfully and they don't do like two or three songs to worship. Their worship set is like, an hour and a half long, like every every Sunday morning. And then they have a Sunday night service. And then like, so I watch their live streams a bit and like there's a three and a half hour live stream in the morning and at night. And you think, oh, this place in Africa and Asia. No, it's in Orlando. Like these are, there's pockets around the world where God is moving powerfully and he's getting the heart of this church back. And I just think, man, it's incredible. And they don't, I, man, I love praise. Like I think there's such a place in God for praise, but these guys feel not even to do it. They just go straight into the Holy of Holies. For an hour and a half it's incredible and so um but what they carry is is this and um this is what the bible says will come when we walk in this area it says it will bring god's presence and blessings on our life like never before or bring us into the delight of god it will draw us closer into Im- intimacy with god more than we've ever been before it will cause us to walk clean and pure it will give us supernatural wisdom and understanding the Bible says God's eyes will be looking upon us. It will cause us to flourish, and this is good, and our children will be blessed and flourish. It will give us a long life here on earth. The Bible says that um, it will add length to our life. And, you know, heaven's an incredible, credible place, of course, but, you know, um, it is such a blessing to have a long life here on earth. Um, it will keep us safe. Um, safe so that we can sleep in peace. It will give us health to our body, and it says nourishment to our bones. Is there any bones in the house that need nourishment? Um, it says this will give us, this is what the Bible says, it gives us riches, honor, and life. And, it's, and this is my favorite part. It says, and the Lord himself will confide in us and speak his secrets to us. And this is the fear of the Lord. As if we walk in the fear of the Lord, this is what God will do in and around our life. And um, and this morning we're going to um, dig into this. And uh, we know that we're living in the age of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said, unless I go, um, he, the comforter cannot come, talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're also living in the age of the church. And it's not a coincidence that those two ages are together. And we're... Um, we're living, we're living in a time where we need to know and walk in the Holy Spirit. And another name for the Holy Spirit talks about revelation is the seventh fold manifest spirit of God. And like, what does that mean? Basically, it just means that the Holy Spirit is made up of seven parts. And there's not a lot of this in the Bible, but in, um, in Isaiah chapter 11, verses one, it talks about the seven parts of the Holy Spirit. 
and uh, talking about Jesus, and it says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, that's David's dad, um, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Talking about Jesus Christ. That's the first part is the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. And Jesus loves the fear of the Lord. Jesus loves walking um, people that have the fear of the Lord. And, you know, Dad and I, um, Dad and I, and Hannah were talking this week, um, and Dad goes, you know, Dad's, Dad's got the heart of the pastor for the church, and he, he aches for us, you know, and he's like, goes, goes, guys, is that church backslidden? And um, it's a really good question, and it's like, um, I said, well, I think if you compare us to some other places, and you know, sometimes in bigger cities and places around, you know, we're probably doing all right, but if you compare us to like Africa and um the underground church in China and Orlando, and, no, um, you know, places around like we've got a lot of work to go, and we've got a lot of place to go in God, which is which is good. It's it's like um, you know, there's 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 places for us to go, there's areas for us to go know God so much more um, intimately, and God is wanting His church to walk in the fear of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord is a part of the Holy Spirit, and therefore. It's not, I don't think it's just something up, I'm going to make a decision to walk in the fear of the Lord. I think it's we walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit. We encounter the Holy Spirit, and He gives us that, that part of Him. And uh, yeah, it's what the fear of the Lord is. It's not being afraid of God. Like, it's like, ah, like if we are afraid of God, we won't want to come near God. But it's if we have the fear of the Lord, it's a holy reverence, it's a holy fear, where we want to draw closer to God. I remember um, a few years ago when I was in a fitter state, um, a few of us guys, we went and hiked the mountains. And um, so we went up to Manga, the one in the middle there, and we got up actually quite early. So we left about 8, and for some reason we just powered on by like 10, 10.30 in the morning. We're already at the top peak. Like, oh, yeah, this is all right. Um, and then next to Tamanga in the middle, you know, the big one, um, is the second tallest mountain on Rara. It's called um, Te Atukura, and um, it's about... And there's a ridge line that walks along from Tamanga to Te Atukura. And it's, I've, never, I've never found the way to get up from the baseland. So basically, you go up the top of Tamanga, and then you go across this thin little ridge line, and then you go, get to the peak of Te Atukura. Um, so it's quite, it's quite infamous, because you've got to climb like the highest mountain in the island to get to this mountain. So we're climbing up, and it took us about two hours from the peak of Tamanga to get to the, the base of the peak at Te Atukura. And um, while we were walking there, like the track was probably as wide as this part of the stage. And then to the left and to the right, there was just um, crevasses, um, you know, just, it was just the end of the slope. And so we're all, all the guys, I like, all excited and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had a, like a respect and a fear um, in a good way of the mountain. You know, we weren't, we weren't going to like be around and silly and <laughs> major local, you know, like, Watch out, watch out, you know, as you, you might do that around the pool. You're not doing that up here. And, um, you know, we weren't afraid, but we had a fear and an honor and a respect and an awe of where we were in that moment because we realized if we did what was wrong, we would die. And that's like the fear of the Lord. If we do what is wrong, we will die. Like, we know, like many of us will know the passages around the island, and um, there's only a certain time that you should go into the passage. It's, as soon as low tide hits and it's, the swell is low, that's when you go. And um, that's why all the turtle tours that all go at the same time. Like, man, there's like six tours at once. It's because that's the only time you should go. And like, 
they talk to the old papas and mamas and they're like, do not go to those places because there's a respect and fear. And if we do not do what you're supposed to do in those places, you can lose your life. And so um, it's, it's kind of that with the Lord is that we need to have an honor and respect and a, a holy fear for him so that um, we don't do what we're not supposed to do with the Lord. And often we bec can become casual and familiar with God and we're doing the things that we shouldn't be doing with God. And so um, that's, that's, that's really important. This is, these are some of the characteristics of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to, these aren't my definitions, this is somebody else, but I thought it was really good. It says, this is to esteem, respect, honor, venerate, revere, be in awe of, and to adore him above everything else. It means to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. It's to give him the praise, adoration, thanksgiving, and worship that he deserves. Not what we think he deserves, but what he actually deserves. It's to give him all that belongs to him. It's to tr tremble before him in awe and wonder. It's to give his word and his presence full attention in our lives. And man, it's, a lot of us can be slack with the word. Um, slack with his presence. It's to obey him no matter the cost. It's to shun from any form of complaining, mumbling, or murmuring. It's, and the fear of the Lord works deeply in us and shapes us in our words and actions. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, um, but pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. And this is talking about the Lord, as we shouldn't. Um, we've got to hate evil. And if we're really to clean up our life in God, if we're really to experience God in a new and a brand new way, we've got to stop doing the things that we, we know are wrong. And um, it's important that we obey God. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, um, God spoke to me about giving up an idol in my life. And you think, oh, James had idols. I did. Um, and it was, it was the National Basketball Association. And I love the NBA. And there's nothing like inherently wrong with sin. Like if you go watch the basketball today, like, no, nah, you're going to hell. No, it's nothing, not like that. But for me, it was an idol that I put in my life. It was where I got my comfort from. I had a rough day at work or, you know, things weren't going well. Go check stats in the NBA, you know. I was, I was listening to like three or four or five podcasts a week. And what, what was taking, it was taking the affection of my heart um, in my life. And I knew the Lord spoke to me about giving it up. And um, I kind of weaned off it a bit. Um, for but so, but it was still there in my life. And what had happened was um, doing a thing, serving God, uh, pushing into God. But then I began to see that, man, I'm slipping behind. Like I see that other people are going further in intimacy with God than me. People are um, going further than I am. And we're doing all the stuff, you know, we're serving the house, we're cleaning the church, we're paying our tithes, we're here in the Every Friday, every Sunday, and CG, we're, do, we're coming along, but it's just like I saw that other people were growing and getting deeper into God than I was. And then I realized, and I came back to the places, look, I, I haven't obeyed God and what God has told me to do. God has told me to give that up. And so this season, I've gone cold turkey. Um, I don't know anything. I don't know any result. I, one person told me a result of one game. I don't know. All the players have traded teams. I don't know where any of them are. I've come off that and I've obeyed God. And uh, it's, it's actually a scary, scary place if we don't obey what God tells us to do. And sometimes we can, uh, we can do all these things. Like We can be given our tires and we can come to every prayer meeting and we turn up to every cell group and my hands are the highest in the church and praise and worship. And we're going hard and all. And we're doing, oh Lord, I've done these like 15 things for you. I'm, I'm going hardcore for you, Lord. And 
um, but we haven't obeyed the one thing that God has told us to do. And all the other stuff is worthless unless we obey what God has called us to do. Sometimes it's to put things right from our past that, you know, God is pressing on. You need to go and put that right. Or you need to go and get rid of those areas in our life. You need to go get rid of um, that kind of stuff. But God wants to clean up the church, and we do that by obeying the things that he tells us to do. And usually God doesn't give us a big 15, 20-point list. He puts one thing on our heart. And for me, it was the NBA. For you, it might be something totally else. And you might be the only person struggling with that, but we must obey God. We must have the fear of God in our life because otherwise we will slip. We will be stuck. We will go away. And all the other stuff we do, if we're not obeying God, we're instantly stepping into religion. We're instantly stepping into a form of godliness without knowing the Lord, without walking in Him. There's a, I won't go there, but there's this awesome scripture, Matthew 7 verse 21. It says, um, depart from me, you who don't do my will. It's, it's, and it talks about we prophesied in your name, we did miracles in your name, delivered it in your name. Um, but God says, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. We can be doing all the stuff, like prophesying and deliverance. That's high-powered stuff. But if we do not obey God and know God, then um, it's all for nothing. Um, amen? Cool. Um, I love this Proverbs 23, 17. It says, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. Um, and, and it comes back to this is the difference. Are, are we coming to God for what we need or are we coming to God because he is God? And uh, often as a, as a new Christian, you're like, I need this. I need healing for my um, sin. I need to give up my vaping. I need to give up all the stuff that I'm into and all that kind of stuff. And I, I need God to come and clean up my life. And it's really needs, needs based. But the danger is as soon as the needs are met, we stop seeking God. And we live, in, we live in a nice, comfortable life. But God is wanting us to seek him. And we should come to God because he is God. And like a lot of the moral issues that the world is facing on the, um, you know, on the island and around the world, really it comes down to this. God said no. And he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he said no. And um, he, it, it's, let's obey him. And, but God is incredible because he's given us the ability to do whatever we want on this earth. It says in Revelation, it goes, he who is unholy, let them be more unholy. He who is, uh, but he who is righteous, let them be still more righteous. But everything that we do will come under judgment on this earth. Will come under judgment when Jesus Christ comes back. It says, um, it's a, um, a great and um, awesome thing to come, trembling thing to come into the hand of the Lord and the judgment on the Lord Almighty. And um, really it comes down to if we fear the Lord, is, is Jesus the number one? in our life is God coming first and in what we do where we um, the actions that we do the actions that we say um, what's coming out of our mouths um, where we live like often like you know we'll make life-changing decisions without even seeking God without even inquiring from God I'll say this um, you know God will never take you out of a spiritual family and take you out around the world to be a spiritual orphan you know what I mean? God places his people in spiritual families. And so we need to inquire of God, like where we live, where we, um, like the work that we do, the, um, the people that we marry, the people, uh, the way we raise our children, the, um, what, what, um, 
you know, what comes out of our mouth, the, the entertainment we allow in our, our lives, the friends that we hang out with. We need the fear of the Lord in this because we don't want to die. You know what I mean? We don't want to be spiritually dead from God. We need God's hand upon our lives, God's blessing upon our life, where we spend our money, the things that we watch. And even like God wants sexual sin out of the church and out of our lives. And pornography is an interesting thing because you're either in two camps, you're in um, the married camp or the unmarried camp. And if we're watching pornography and we're married, we're committing adultery. And if we're unmarried, we're fornicating. Like, that's the way that it is. And, um, but, you know, it, it talks about in the Bible, if a man or woman looks lustfully, looks after someone lustfully in the heart, they have committed adultery in their heart. And this is, this, these aren't my words. These are the very words of Jesus Christ. And we need to clean up the sexual sin out of the church, out of our lives, um, we have this haiku in 412 that we always refer back to. It's like a five-syllable, seven-syllable, five-syllable thing. It says, the instant we fall, no matter how big or small, bring into the light. And so if we sin, bring it into the light. Bring it into the light. Get God to deal with it. If we're struggling, bring it into the light. And the instant, not like when we're um, oh, it's been struggling with this for two years. Or you've been in the church for 10 years. It's like, you know, it's like, Bring it into the light the instant we struggle. And that, like, when, when sin is in secrecy, it breeds shame. There's so much shame upon secret, uh, upon secret sin. But as soon as we bring that sin into the light, the shameless off instantly. You think it, it would be the opposite. But as soon as we bring it into the light and expose ourselves and, hum and humble ourselves before God, we bring it into the light. And so, um, and the shameless off, which is, which is so good. So God is wanting us to... Um, obey him one of the areas where we can be casual with god is how we treat um how we treat people that god has placed in spiritual leadership over our life and i, I love the story um story of david and or saul and david was faced with the test of a bad leader and all of us will go through life um with being under the submission of a leader that um can be good and not so good. And I, I mean, we have incredible, fantastic leaders in our house, um, but, you know, none of us are perfect. You know, um, we have a, I think we have a pretty reasonable, good government with some good common sense. But, you know, there's no perfect government here on this earth. We, most of us have got good bosses, but, you know, there's no perfect bosses. Even if we've got just a terrible, terrible boss, you know, our response, it's not, um, we're never justified by the actions of others. It's our response. And you look at David, and he serves Saul faithfully with the fear of the Lord. And the dude tried to kill him. Like he comes into the, the meeting hall and Saul gets out a spear and whoosh, whips it and um, throws it at the wall at David. And like, we, we get upset when our like boss gets mad at us. And like, get better work stories. Like the guy was throwing spears at him. And you know what I mean? And most of us in our hearts, we pick up the spear and we're like throwing it back at our boss. And we're drawing like, you know, getting angry and bitter in her heart, but not once did David entertain bitterness in his heart. Think That's incredible. The guy was trying to kill him. And the, there was an opportunity in the caves and um, David's, uh, one of David's mighty men is like, David, man, the Lord has delivered Saul into your hand. And Saul was sleeping. And the guy's like, the eyes lit up. It's like, now's your time, David. Rippers, you know, he's like ready to go. And and David cut the um, cut the edge of his garment off and then the fear of the Lord came upon David he says I shall not touch the Lord's anointed one and we are it's it's you no know, we are tested by the way we um 
by the way that we operate in, uh, under bad leadership. And um, it's, it's not the decisions that a leader makes, um, whether it's in the household, whether it's in their work, whether it's in our church and government and sports teams, anything else, they are accountable for their own decisions, but we are accountable for the own our own decisions that we make. And we must pass the test. And we, I know people that, you know, they in, we can enter into bitterness and then you know, we get stuck. And bitterness is a thing that we all face on this earth. We must defeat the battle of bitterness. And I think it's a daily thing, a weekly thing, like put my hand up this week, like, you know, go through times and stuff where I'm just like, oh man, I need to, I need to choose to forgive. And um, just wake up every morning and I forgive the world because the world will, um, like, nothing is fair out there and people hurt us. But as a Christian, God has given us the power to forgive. And that's incredible that we, despite no matter how bad anybody treats us, God has given us the power to forgive. And this, this is the, I think this sounds a bit thing, but like if we are entertaining unforgiveness in our heart, deliberate unforgiveness, we've booked ourselves an Uber to hell like we have because the Bible says that if we do not forgive other people their trespasses, God will not forgive us. And um, we need, like, sometimes we need the fear of the Lord on the Lord's word. And some, oh, no, that doesn't really apply to me. This guy really hurt me. No, no, that's what the word of God says. And we, we must take the word of God at God's word. And we can't bend the scripture and work the scripture to meet our own um, sinful life. But we must align our lives with the word of God and bring our, um, our life in, into order with him. Um, a couple of things, I'm going to finish on this. A real danger is um, we make a once-off decision for God, but then we lose our passion and hunger and think we're okay because I've made that once-off decision. Like we, oh, I gave my heart to the Lord in nine, uh, 2005, and, you know, I've, 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 I've given my life to the Lord, I'm all good. But I don't think the, the Scripture fully supports that. I think, like, it's, we are, God is coming back for His bride who are lovers of Him. We, we walk in our salvation with God as lovers of him. Like You don't need to go to a courthouse to break the covenant of marriage. We just need to enter into um, deliberate, willful sin, um, and we can walk away from God. We Basically, if we want God, we choose him, and if we don't want God, we can choose him away. This is, this is pretty full on. Um, the doctrine that we can just make a once-off decision and get a ticket it's just, I don't think it's supported by Scripture. The reality is we can walk away from God anytime we like, and we can break covenant with God anytime we like. The book, book of 1 Timothy is just full of it, and I'll, I'll, go right, I'll go right through. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, for which some having strayed have turned aside to it all talk. It's saying that people have strayed from sincere faith. Verse 18, it says, This I charge you, Timothy, according to the prophecy previously made concerning you, that by them you will wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Like, I don't, I don't, you don't need to be a boaty to know that um, a sunk ship had to be floating at some point. You know, you have to have a floating faith to have a shipwrecked faith. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, this is as clear as day. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the later times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Um, 
chapter 5, verse 11 to 15, talks about um, the younger widows, because, but refused the younger widows, talking about things. It says, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. In uh, chapter 15, um, it says, for some have turned aside after Satan. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's not saying that the, the unbeliever, it's saying that we're a believer and now they've stepped lower because of the actions. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil, which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows. And they, at the very end of the book of 1 Timothy, it says, chapter 20, O Timothy, guard what is committed to you. Trust, avoid the profane and idle babblings, contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. And you no, know, what, what, what we've got to be careful is that we don't stray from the faith, that we don't live under the delusion that I made a once-off decision for God and I'm all sweet, I'm all good, I can just do whatever the heck I want. I don't think that's supported by Scripture at all. And I, I think God is coming back for people that love Him. It says if we love the Lord, we will obey His commandments and His commands are not burdensome. And it really just comes back to us obeying what God tells us to do. And it's, we don't earn our salvation. Salvation is by grace alone, but we choose if we want it or not. And so God is calling his church to him. God is calling his church to, to love him. Um, if we walk in the fear of the Lord, God will open up intimacy with us in such an incredible, incredible way. I, I know as us as a church, if we collectively um, get rid of the stuff in our life that we know is wrong, that we put things um, we obey the things that God is telling us to do. If we walk in the fear of the Lord, God's blessing will pour out upon our life. Amen. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website, celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.